Hello, and welcome to Real Life Ghost Stories, episode 29. I hope you're all well. To begin this episode, we would like to thank our Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Megan Flynn. Amy Hadley. And Joy Crumb. Thank you so much for donating to our Patreon. We absolutely love you. Yeah, thank you so much. And obviously... We wouldn't be able to continue this podcast without our Patreon subscribers. So you are helping us to keep our podcast alive and helping us with our running expenses. And it means the absolute world to us. We love you. Our film review this week dun, dun, dun. is Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was released in 2011. It has 7 out of 10 on IMDb and 91% on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, wow, wow. Would you like a synopsis? I would like a synopsis, Yes. Five friends go to a remote cabin in the woods. Bad things happen. If you think you know this story, think again. From fan favourites Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard comes The Cabin in the Woods, a mind-blowing horror film that turns the genre inside out. What were your thoughts on this film? I know it's the second time you've seen it, so what were your thoughts? It's actually the third time I've seen it. Is it? Um, I like this film. I don't really know why I like it, because it's a bit mental, uh, but I really like it. Just... Just not what you expect it to be, I think. It, it's it's very... A good chunk of it is very sort of reminiscent of those early 2000 slasher horror films kind of things. Yeah, like sort Scream. Of, it's got a very Scream vibe to it, I think, sort of teenagers. But it's uh, satirical of that Scream yeah. vibe rather than it being serious. Yeah. I think this is... it was. I think it's one of the maddest films I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and I was so gripped by it. I absolutely loved it. And I didn't... In the beginning, I was like oh god it's one of those teen horror films oh they're going to go into the woods oh something's going to be there bad things are going to happen I can predict exactly who's going to die because it's all those early 2000s horror tropes and I was like oh I can't be arsed with this and then it just fucks you up yep I thought it was so clever it's really well done it is really well done and like sort of the concept behind it and the idea behind it is really clever to think about if that was actually the case without giving too much away if that was actually the case how we would react and respond to it as a as a as a world as a society um, so from the very beginning i think you you know i'm i'm really conscious of not giving too much away either but from the beginning you know that these kids these teenagers that are in this cabin in the woods are at the very least being watched by this governmental agency it's just such a major mindfuck it is it's crazy because it's. I, I think there's a really good juxtaposition in this film of supreme horror and everyday mundanity. Is that the word? Mun, the oh, mundaneness of everyday. I don't know what the right word is. I don't know what the word is either. The normality of everyday. Um, a really good juxtaposition between the two. There's a couple of really great scenes where there's something horrific going on to the teenagers and the government agency are doing something like betting or having a party. And it's... Yeah, that juxtaposition works really well. It's it's not it's not so satirical that it's a comedy, but it has. Oh, some, like it's still scary. Yeah, it's like still it's scary. still it's still frightening. It's still gory. It's still weird. It still yeah. makes you question everything, but it's also really funny. It's definitely got some really light-hearted moments in it. Yeah, as well, and it's definitely a film made by a stoner. And it also what's really good about it is it allows you to explore those tropes. So it allows you to go, oh, the girl who has sex is going to die first. And they explore that with you rather than it happening and it just being a thing that happens and you go, oh, I knew that was going to happen. They also go, we knew that was going to happen and yeah. that's the way it has to yeah. be. Yeah. And there's a whole reason in within the film, there's a reason why those tropes exist. And it's just so clever. And I really don't want to give anything away 
So I'm going to go straight in and say that I personally am giving this film five stars. I am with you. And, and it's score. that is unusual for me, but I just think it's so different. I think the difference between this film and a lot of films we've reviewed is that this one sets out to do something and it does it flawlessly. Yes. So what's it? What it's intending to do is flawless. It might have flaws in in a sort of wider perspective of what you enjoy for a film, but it's never it never attempts to be anything other than it is, and it does what it was trying to do really well. I think. Yeah, which is have a scary film but still satirically explore the the horror genre in a really clever way and I think if you go into this film and watch it you've because Dan said to me before we watched it he was like you just need to embrace the weirdness just go with it and I think that's what you need to do you need to accept the fact that when you're watching it you're going to be like what the fuck is happening and that's okay but just stick with it and if you like mermaids if you like werewolves if you like fucking zombies if, if you, you like, like giant cobras giant cobras ghosts dolls whatever it is it's there for you so you just oh i just thought it was so clever it was really clever really 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 good movie for what it's trying to do and it asked some really sort of i think it's a perfect film for a film student to write an essay about because it does so many things yes um and and potentially as the the potentially as a potential great english um, has the potential to raise some sort of good dilemma questions as well. Um, and and also, I think, like we said, it, it kind of is very naughty's slasher film. So you've got those roles like the jock, the promiscuous girl, the scholar and the virgin and the stoner. And they just embrace those roles so well to a point where they actually, the characters themselves don't end up being annoying like they used to do in that scream, in that whole scream era of films where you were like, oh, I fucking hope she dies because she's really annoying. They embrace those roles, but in a way that makes them actually really relatable. It's shot. This is the last geek moment I'll have about this film, but it's shot very similarly to all of those early 2000s. Mm. So the way it's framed, the kind of melding together of scenes, even probably the cameras they're using, to be fair, it's just it's just very reminiscent of, reminiscent of what they're trying to do. But they're just there's this lovely spin on it. You, you, obviously, we're not talking that much about what actually happens in the film because... We can't. I can't, and I don't want to give too much of it away. But I would absolutely recommend that you go and watch this, it's particularly if you're a horror movie fan and if, like us, you sort of grew up, as it were... Or as a teenager, things like Scream were the big thing. So honestly, go just go and watch it. Yeah. Really, really good film. It's not like a scary movie either. It's not that kind of aping, if if that's what you're worried about. No, it's not like that at all. It's it's kind of like a serious satire. Yeah. Can you call it yeah, that? Yeah. I don't no, even know. Exactly what it is. That's a good description of it, yeah. So that brings us on to our story this week. Okay. Is it about abandoned houses in woods? Absolutely not. Is it about... Backwards, not backwards, but backwards petrol station owners. No, it is not. Is it about jumping chasms in a dirt bike? It is not. But if you like all of those things, I suggest you watch Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) Our story this week is following on from last week's episode, which was obviously Black Eyed Kids. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I recommend you listen to last week's episode before you listen to this one. And we mentioned this in last week's episode. And I was like, hmm... You know, it's not something I know that much about. So I'm going to go and have a little bit of a research about the Skinwalker legends. Do Do you know what a Skinwalker is? Um, I have a rough idea. Um, What's a rough idea? The initial part of my knowledge comes from Zach Bagans. I have to apologise. Probably introduced me to the concept. It's a piece of Native American law about 
creatures that inhabit or mimic other people and prey on them is roughly what I get from it. So that's essentially it. But before we start into our stories, I'm going to give you a bit of a background into the Skinwalker lore that exists in Native American culture. Now, I want to preface this by saying I'm by no means an expert on Native American culture. So if I say something that is outlandish or if I say something that is wrong, please don't be offended. I'm not meaning to offend anybody. And also, if my pronunciation is horrific, again, I apologise. But this is just what I've gotten from my research. So the first thing I'm going to do... It's a Navajo legend, right? Yes. So the first thing I'm going to do is give you the, the Navajo history of the skinwalker and then we're going to dive into some stories so are you ready no i don't i don't really like this story i I know what they're about i'm not i'm not a fan i'm i'm quite scared of them yeah which is why we need to talk about black-eyed kids at the end of this again Mm -hmm. i know sorry the navajo legend of the skinwalker is a legend that has become embedded in mainstream horror stories but it is one that has terrified the navajo people for generations The Skinwalker legend is one of mystery, fear, and evil. There is no doubt. There is no questioning. There is no ambiguity. The Skinwalker means you harm. Belief in Skinwalkers is widespread in the Navajo Nation, and many Navajo people, especially the older generations, refuse to speak of them for fear that speaking of them will draw them to you and your family. The Skinwalker has the ability to be a perfectly functioning and inconspicuous member of the tribe, but also has the ability to transform into something pure evil under the cover of darkness. Skinwalkers are created when a Navajo medicine man uses their power for evil and to cause pain and suffering to others. One does not become a Skinwalker by chance or by accident. It is a choice and a process that is believed to involve the killing of a family member. Through their evil acts, they acquire the power to transform into any animal they desire, or even other people. The most common animals associated with skinwalkers are the coyote, the owl, the fox, the wolf or the crow. But it is not limited to these creatures. So embedded is skinwalker lore in Navajo culture that it is taboo to wear animal pelt except for sheepskin and buckskin, and both of which are only worn for ceremonial reasons. There are many ways in which a skinwalker can inflict harm. Some who have experienced the skinwalker report knocks and bangs, creatures peering into windows, scratches on the roof. Creatures who possess human qualities and characteristics are also common, and there are those who believe that skinwalkers possess the ability to make people sick and die. It is almost impossible to catch a skinwalker, but those that do manage to track them and kill them must call them by their full name, at which point the skinwalker will become sick and die. So that's obviously a really short rundown of Navajo lore. By no means am I saying that that is the entirety of the Navajo legend. It is not. But that's kind of the basis of it. And also, I just want to point out now that that there was kind of really conflicting things in my research about um, whether or not a skinwalker was a witch or a medicine man. And a lot of people say, no, they're not a witch or a medicine man. Probably because of the negativity attached to them and actually medicine men 
are a big part of Navajo culture in general and a really positive part of Navajo culture. So maybe they don't want to give the title of medicine man to something that is seen as Mm. so evil. So I just want to clarify that, that there's kind of two different schools of thought on that one. So what are your thoughts so far? I found it very interesting. Um, It is really interesting. There's a lot of parallels to other things, which makes you... I I feel like first-person history is probably the truest form of history. I feel like they've. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of things they know about the earth that we just don't understand in our sort of civilized sense. And there's a lot of sort of parallels with with other cultures and other sort of things going on. So the sort of haunting, evil spectre of a uh, an animal, um, ravens, wolves. Yeah, owls not so much, but it's still interesting. The knocking is very similar. Yeah, um, the being able to possess or to change your form um, to to be not what you were originally very similar to changeling law, I guess. Stuff like the, the fact that that kind of stuff is similarities doesn't say to me that that's wrong. It says it's more likely to be true. I think. I think it's really fascinating mm. that these entities are cross cultural. They just have a different name. So there's two things about Irish law that really like that really made my ears prick. And that is the the knocks, obviously, which is a sign of death in Irish lore and changeling lore. And changeling lore, or it's basically the fairies steal a member of your family and Mm. then they replace it with somebody who looks very similar, but they're just off. And you just sort of get the feeling that they're not actually that that same person. So much so that in terms of like black eyed kids, which we talked about last week, in old Irish families, the grandmother used to check a baby when it was born to see was it born with black eyes because if it was born with black eyes it meant it wasn't a baby it was a changeling yeah so black eyed kids also travel across law as well and the thing is um with irish law is that descends I'd, I'd imagine there's a lot of it as, as transcended from law celtic law right? yeah ancient or celtic law yeah or whatever it's Celt- celtic right? yeah which is again another first person so although you're obviously you're not technically first people in that term of things like the celtic races yeah not like so native <clears throat> americans are first people and aboriginal australians are yeah. first people and like tribal tribes in amazon and stuff like that yeah but, you know you're an original culture so it's interesting how things like that prevail and move through culture and legend and law makes you wonder where the basis is really i think and what what was really interesting about this research <clears throat> is that there are countless first-hand reports of actually experiencing skinwalkers in modern day so why do you think of the skinwalker legend as being something grandparents tell their kids around a fire actually there are people to this day who still report seeing skinwalkers on a regular basis the guy who did the i talked about in last week's episode brent swanser after his black-eyed children experience people had said to him about skinwalkers so he did loads of research on skinwalkers as well and luckily for me he gathered up quite a lot of first-hand experiences of skinwalkers from all around the internet or from people who had sent them to him or places like reddit wherever it was and there are so many similarities in these stories that it's just incredible i think um just before you move on i think it's also probably i don't know this for fact but i'd imagine there's probably similar things in cherokee and uh, apache law and stuff like that but probably just under different names yeah, probably. Um, Skinwalk is the term that we've come to know, I guess, because it's it's become a little bit more of a not urban legend is the wrong word, but into sort of urban. Well, it's 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 come into like the cultural, almost mo- modern pulp fiction, isn't it? That's, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of like in in our modern um, vernacular, we talk mm. about Skinwalker Ranch and stuff. I mean, if you're a paranormal enthusiast, you're going to know about Skinwalker Skinwalker Ranch, which we're not going to talk about in this episode, but we will over on the Patreon. So pop over there if you're interested. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start telling you these stories you know i'm so excited you don't look very excited i'm not really i'm quite scared there are countless eyewitness accounts of skinwalkers online 
There are even whole Reddit threads dedicated to Skinwalker accounts, so it's difficult to know whether these stories are genuine or whether they are just stories told by people who want the notoriety of these experiences. It's also difficult to know if, because Skinwalker lore is now widely known, whether every experience with an oddly behaving animal is put down to a Skinwalker. Who knows? The first story today was told to Brent Swanser and outlined in an article he wrote for Mysterious Universe called Strange and Terrifying Encounters with Skinwalkers. It outlines an experience that was had at Window Rock, Arizona, a place that came up regularly in my research and seems to be synonymous with skinwalkers. According to Swanser, the story relayed to him was of a man driving with his father at night time when they came across a large coyote sitting in the middle of the road. We slowed down, so as not to hit it, and we could see that this coyote was a big boy, larger than usual and just sitting there out in the middle of nowhere right in the centre of this lonely desert road. It didn't seem afraid of the car at all, and just stared at us as we approached, not moving a muscle. So I honk the horn trying to scare it off, but it just stares at us with those big yellow eyes that looked eerily almost human. We were a little unsettled at this point, and just decided to drive around it and continue on our way. We get past it and start driving off when my dad says, Would you look at that? I take a peek into the rearview mirror and that coyote is loping along behind us, following us. I speed up and it matches our speed gaining on us. Then, just like that, there is a man. A naked man running alongside our car and he begins sort of slapping the side of the vehicle. He has this freaky grin on his face and we are at this point of going over 50 miles per hour and gaining speed. But there he is running alongside the car. He then lets out a sort of wail and swerves off into the night. It scared the shit out of us. Story number one. That sounds like the original Black Eyed Kids in- encounter. That sounds it? like the encounter where those that boy yep. ran along beside and, and the, the car. And the other boy wailed. Yes. Owled, didn't he? That's how it was described. This, like, I have like the hairs on yeah, my arms are standing up. Well. Yeah. It's very similar. Very similar. Really similar. Nevada is Navajo land as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe they're not vampires after all. So I'll keep going with the story. Okay. Like I said... You don't have to search too far on Reddit to find stories of skinwalkers. Tale after tale abounds with discussions of hotspots and protection methods. It's impossible to tell whether these stories are from Navajo people or from non-native people, but one such story is from a user called Naked Reagan. My roommate has told me this story a few times and I want to see if anyone else has had similar experiences. As he tells it, he was driving home super late at night, maybe around 3 or 4 a.m. in a suburb of Phoenix, Arizona, both times that this occurred. The first time he was driving alone on a road that has an open field to the left of it, when out of nowhere a black figure on all fours bounds up out of the field and across the road in front of his car. As soon as the figure got to the other side of the road, it stopped with inhuman quickness, turned around and looked directly at my roommate. He described the figure as looking simian, completely black, except for the face. The creature's face was a stark, white, human face. Not white as in Caucasian, but white as snow. 
This happened again a few weeks later, but this time the creature was sitting in a tree. As his car approached, it climbed down the tree again with inhuman quickness, bounded across the road, stopped on a dime and turned around and made eye contact with him. This time he had a friend in the car who also saw it and began freaking out. It was the exact thing as the first time, a simian black body with a snow-white expressionless human face. My roommate, ever the curious one, turned the car around and began searching for the creature but it was nowhere to be seen. As you will see with many of these experiences, they often take place in cars with the creature bounding in front of the car or keeping pace with the car at seemingly impossible speeds. In 2009, a user submitted a story to the website Your Ghost Stories, where they outlined a similar skinwalker encounter. This user was called Tracker337. As half Navajo and half Hopi, I've had my share of experiences on and off the Navajo res. I hope that I won't get any ridicule from any other Native Americans for posting these experiences. One experience that I would like to share happened when I was 14 years old, I'm now 29. This is an experience that I've only shared with a small number of people and I'm now writing down for the very first time. My brother who is a hardened soldier is still scared about what happened to us on this particular evening. As a teenager, I would visit my grandma at her home on the Navajo reservation for several weeks every summer. I loved to spend time with her, eat her delicious fried bread and hear her tell us stories. Every so often, my grandma would hire a worker, the harmless town drunk, to do odd jobs around her house and her property. One evening, right before the sun went down, I was asked by my grandma to take him home, which was about four miles out of the valley where she lived. I was more than happy to, seeing that I was only 14 years old and was asked to drive a truck. Mind you, on that reservation, nobody cares that you're only 14 years old and driving around. There was hardly anybody around to see you anyway. So my nine-year-old brother jumped in the truck cab with me while this worker and my dog shared the tailgate of the truck and we were off. After I dropped the worker off at the shack that he and his brothers lived in, we headed back down the road to my grandma's. As I mentioned before, it was evening and the sky was a deep red and the sun began to set behind us. We were leaving a nice dust trail from the dirt road and the radio was playing music from the only radio station that could be picked up from the nearest town of Holbrook in Arizona. There was nothing unusual and nothing weird. It was at this time that my eye caught movement of something in the bushes a little up the road and to the right of us. I remember slowing down, thinking that it was one of many free-roaming sheep in the area that would dart out in front of the truck. As I passed where I thought I saw it, I sped up and thinking nothing else of it. Then, out of nowhere, I just feel this dark feeling of fear and dread. I had no idea why I was feeling this way, but I definitely felt that something was wrong. As I play this memory back in my mind, there are only a few clear memories that I have of that evening. I clearly remember looking in my rearview mirror and seeing the dark silhouette of something very tall and very skinny that seemed to be covered with some kind of hair or fur running behind the truck after us. Whatever it was, it wasn't a normal human or it wasn't human at all. I remember hearing my brother crying and my dog barking ferociously at whatever was chasing us. I remember speeding very fast and shaking violently as the truck bounced on the washboard dirt road. I distinctly remember that this thing was only getting closer as my brother cried, It's coming up on your side! 
I remember being scared as hell and thinking that I didn't want to die. At the moment that I thought would be our last, I remember speeding around a bend in the road and seeing a car coming towards us in the opposite direction. At that moment I felt instant relief and felt that whatever was following us was gone. Shaken up but alive, we made it to my grandma's house, wondering what the hell had just happened. We ran inside, not looking back, hoping that whatever was chasing us had not followed us home. As we told my grandma about our experience, she didn't seem too surprised, which surprised us. She continued by repeating stories that we had already heard at one point or another about black magic, witches, and something that the Navajos call Yi Nandalushi, or skinwalkers. Needless to say, I didn't even want to look out any of the windows all the rest of that night. As a matter of fact, I never drove on the reservation at night again until I was 21 years old. Without going too deep into explanation, I'll just say that these skinwalkers are evil men and spirits that use black magic for evil doing. I tell you that as far-fetched as it may sound, they are real. They're all very similar, aren't they? There's not really the disparity in it. Putting on my inner will we all have an inner will i wonder if there's something about infrasound no <laughs> um, that wasn't what i was going to say i wonder if there's something about the desert at night that, that kind plays of tricks on your mind yeah potentially because if the roads because the people always Obviously describe the, I believe, the monotony of the roads and the monotony of mm. the lane lines but i would imagine that if you were to have like a hallucination, like a mirage, we'll call it a mirage because I think of it, can't think of a better word, because of the monotony of the landscape, that it would be a silhouette or like a flash of an image, not a creature running behind your car. So this brings me back to something you said a couple of episodes about your brain that I laughed at you, about your brain being able to create a person. Yeah, you did laugh. And somebody messaged <clears> me and was like, Dan has no problem believing in the paranormal, but can't believe that your brain might potentially conjure up a hallucination of a person to save you <laughs> in times of stress or anxiety. It's still funny, but um, going on that point, if you're super tired, best way to wake yourself up is to give yourself a fart. So I wonder if it's the brain's reaction to... To being really bored and really tired on a long a journey. situation, thinking mm, you nodded a couple of times, I've got to do more than that to wake you up. Because I think about a few times I've fallen asleep at a wheel, which has happened. The mo- the time that I woke up most was when I nearly hit something. So when I nearly drove into the central reservation because I'd fallen asleep. That yeah. shock of being, oh my God, I nearly hit something actually woke me up completely. But that's but that's a physical shock of nearly hitting something. Yeah, but I wonder, if it's, I wonder if it's a brain... Like a coping mechanism mm. or a or a kind of red button Yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be Will. I don't so believe any of it. I think we're, it's skinwalkers. We're but. talking about people in cars on monotonous long journeys. But my next stories aren't in cars because they're actually in houses. So just proves to show you how much weight Will has, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Sorry, Sorry Will. Will. <laughs> Perhaps as the previous story points out, the dawn of online messaging boards like Reddit and Your Ghost Stories has allowed for people to anonymously detail traumatic experiences. It is commonplace in Navajo culture to refuse to speak about the skinwalker for fear of attack. So many of these experiences are not spoken about within the community. The Reddit user Nordic Alchemist outlines this attitude. I was visiting my grandparents out in Ship Rock, New Mexico during last October to see family and to go to the Northern Navajo Nation Fair that week. Many Navajo people, including my own family, are very reluctant to speak about skinwalkers because it is believed to attract their attention. However, I grew up away from the Navajo Nation and was very naive about the subject. 
when it came to skinwalkers, I was an absolute sceptic. My mom used to tell a story of how back in the 80s when she lived with her siblings and my grandparents, still in Ship Rock, she and my aunt saw a skinwalker just outside their driveway under a streetlight. She described it as a black dog with dirty fur, a twisted, noodle-like front leg and those unnatural eyes with a soft, burnt orange glow. Me being my own close-minded self doubted every word, but I never said my doubts aloud. But these doubts totally changed last year when I went to my grandparents' house. Me and my family had just finished going to the carnival at the Navajo Nation Fair and called it a night. The house was close enough where we could walk home in just ten minutes, so we did. When we got there it was about nine at night and we stayed up until about two catching up about family affairs and the local news. It was during that time that I just decidedly opened my mouth and blurted out the question, Hey, are skinwalkers real? I asked. You shouldn't be speaking about that, my grandmother said with almost a disturbed yell in her voice. So she and my grandfather both decided to go to bed. After being scolded by my mom, one of my aunts chimed in with a very cautious tone and said, They're real all right. Had a few start screaming outside of my trailer in Farmington just a few nights ago. Your cousin had nightmares the whole night and woke up crying that morning. Not wanting to push the discomfort any further, we all decided to go to bed. Now the trailer is pretty old and it was a really nice night, so we slept with the windows open with screens to prevent bugs from coming in. Everyone had drifted off to sleep except for me because my mind was still going a million miles a minute thinking about skinwalkers and wondered if I ever had encountered one while I was on the reservation. As a kid I was told it was taboo to think about skinwalkers because it can call their attention. And that's when shit totally hit the fan. Just as I was settling and finally getting relaxed for sleep I started to hear something moving outside. I got up from the couch and started wandering over to the kitchen window. In the trailer, all of the rooms have the lights out so the only visible light that can be seen is from the porch light out front. I was thankful for this, because I told myself if it really was a skinwalker outside, then hopefully it wouldn't notice me seeing it. So I mustered up the courage to take a quick look outside. From the porch light all I can see is the dusty ground and the vehicles that my family drove along with some old metal trash cans that stood beside the road. Looking for about a good five seconds I wasn't able to see anything so I was getting ready to turn around and walk back to bed thinking it was just a stray cat or something. I'd only taken two steps and I hear what sounds like a distorted scream coming from outside definitely close by. Fear rising I look outside again and there I see it. A coyote-like figure was staring at my direction from behind the cars just outside of the reach of the porch light. Only it looked awfully wrong and gave off an evil vibe just from seeing it. It was grey with very dishevelled hair and a horrific orange-red soft glow coming from its eyes. I noped the hell out and ran back to the bedroom. It was at this moment that I had begun to also notice an awful stench in the air that smelled like rotting meat. I started to wake up my mom, who was like, oh my god, it's almost 3am, what do you want? I immediately began in a shaken voice, there's, there's something scary outside. She was now annoyed because I woke her up. Oh, it's probably just a stray animal or something, it's the reservation, animals wander all the time at night. 
She obviously wasn't getting the drift of what I was saying, so I screamed, There's some Blair Witch Project shit going on outside, ma. That got her attention. What are you talking about, she asked. And then we heard it. The thing outside started making more of its dreadful-like screams and started what sounded like thrashing outside on the ground. So both her and I got back up and looked outside the window, and the coyote thing was making its way to the door. It walked with an odd limp and dragged its back right leg. We could hear it start to scratch against the door and make this odd muffled moaning sound. My mom went and got my dad and they both started shouting in Navajo all sorts of words, telling the thing to go away and saying it was not welcome here. But all this commotion was enough to get the rest of the trailer up and they came out into the hallway. The only thing my mom did was turn to them and said skinwalker while proceeding to point at the door while the noises were still happening. Apparently they already knew exactly what to do as my grandfather got out a handgun from a drawer and a bag of ashes. He coated a few bullets and loaded them into the gun and went straight to the door. Yelling out more Navajo that was too fast for me to comprehend, he swung open the door and fired twice. Nothing. The thing managed to escape before my grandpa could even put a bullet in it. That's the fastest one I've ever seen, said my grandpa. Next thing you know, my aunts and my parents are freaking out about what happened, saying stuff like, what if it comes back tomorrow, and it's saws, does that mean we're targets now? Afterwards, my grandparents calmed everyone down, saying that we'd be fine, and we all went to bed. Morning comes, and my grandparents call one of their neighbours and explain to them what happened. Apparently, one of them was a medicine man who used to partake in Navajo ceremonies used for healing and curing sickness and came over to bless each family member and the grounds outside. Today I'm very convinced that I saw a skinwalker. I still plan on going back for visits to the family and the Northern Navajo Nation Fair. I just adamantly hope that I never have such an awful experience like that again. But what do you do if you encounter a skinwalker? Can you be helped and where do you turn to? A woman from Shiprock, New Mexico sent a story into the Confessionals podcast where she spoke about hearing a skinwalker and experiencing firsthand their ability to make people sick. She and her sister recalled their dogs relentlessly barking around the house and they remembered hearing heavy footsteps on their roof. They were sure the footsteps were not an animal because they were too afraid to tell their parents. And then their cousin who lived in the house became ill and died. A medicine man came to the house to conduct a ceremony and this is what she reported that the medicine man asked them what happened. He told them that he knew a man in bearskins had been on the roof of the house. The girls had never said anything to him about hearing footsteps on the roof. The man with the bearskins had made their cousin sick by blowing white powder on her. The powder, he said, was a powder made from crushed human bone and was a powerful dark magic. He, along with the family, had conducted a ritual to protect them from the skinwalker. That's so creepy. That's cool, though, right? I mean, it's a, so it's creepy. an amazing story. So creepy. The story before that one about this, oh, about speaking into existence almost, isn't it? That's why, apparently, that's why the older Navajo people don't speak about it, because they believe if you speak about it, you invite it in. Mm. And remember last week, you talked about black-eyed kids feeding yeah and lots of people messaged in and said well maybe black eyed children feed on anxiety and fear and that's why nobody really knows what they are or where they came from 
That's and why I what? put up on my Instagram that maybe they're Dementors. Oh, you did. <laughs> I saw that. Well, skinwalkers apparently feed on fear. Hmm. And that if you talk about skinwalkers in a way that shows that you are frightened, that you are attracting them to you. And you kind of, you do, you talk them into existence. And that one of the ways to allow yourself to overcome a skinwalker is to show that you aren't frightened of it, which is obviously very fucking difficult if a fucking big spindly beast is running after your car. Ah, you'd be all right. You'd just hit drop kick it downstairs or something. I don't think I would in this instance. <laughs> also, think from I would. that first story, wasn't it interesting that bullets coated in ashes? Yes. And doesn't it, there's some similarities to the werewolf. Silver bullets. Yep, and the fact that obviously it's a man that turns into a wolf. Yeah. It's not as a coyote, but a similar dog kind of animal. And it's fascinating. There's so much, there's so many undercurrents to it that it's um, like you could map it, I reckon. If you were to well, yeah, I think you absolutely could. And I think across a, the world. I think a lot of mm. our lore today um, or our legends and all that, they come from ancient people. They come from people who were first people. And even things like the way we celebrate Christianity in Ireland, for example, is all based in pagan ritual. Mm. So, for example, um, the fact that we have pumpkins at Halloween and, you know, people in America, you know, Halloween is a really big thing. Halloween comes from Irish immigrants. The reason why um, people carve out pumpkins is because Irish people used to carve out turnips years and hundreds of years ago. They used to put lights in them to um, to not allow the darkness to come in, then to not allow evil spirits to come in. So, lo- so much of our lore mm. is based on first people yep. and based on their experiences. So, I think you're completely right. If you were yeah. to track, you know, the the werewolf phenomenon, it's like the European version of the Skinwalker. But I the think werewolf. it gives it. I think I think as many many people would point to that as it being proof that it's not a real thing. But for me, I think it gives it a lot of cadence. I think it's. I think the fact that there's so many similarities to other things around the world, mm. and actually everybody's talking about the same thing. They're just using different terms, just using different and language, have a different understanding of it. And I do think people like Native Americans have an understanding of the land that we never will. I think they obviously lived with such reverence and respect for the land mm. that they fundamentally know more about it and are more respectful of it. I just think it's the whole thing I is just fascinating. Nordic, if you look at Nordic beliefs on elementals is probably very similar to native american beliefs beliefs on different elements as well and and where they come from and that kind of thing there's there's so much overlap to it i think in terms of the second story awesome but scary bear this time and a hummingbird and the medicine man knew about it oh yeah so so much and scattering the bones over the roof to kill her very sort of almost grim reapery some some a man coming to claim the life of someone yeah. Didn't physically go in and kill them. Took the life away. Uh it's fascinating. And the ground bones as well. That is it's very like cool. Because there is them. a yeah. there is, you know, a part of and I didn't see it in all of my research, but in some of my research I saw that part of Skinwalker belief is that they do dig up bones mm. from graveyards and they um the ability to transform themselves into animals lends lends themselves to be able to dig up thing bones and stuff really quickly. Do you want some more stories? I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest with you, because that last one really freaked me out. Navajo Joe 00 wrote a post on Reddit, outlining his father's encounter with a skinwalker. And this is his story. When I was around 11 or 12, we lived in a small house made of mud and stone. A lot like our house now. It was two of my brothers and I in the house. Everyone else had gone to the Yamez feast 
and left us to tend the sheep. We were getting ready for bed when we heard the dogs going crazy outside. Thinking it was nothing more than coyotes howling in the distance, we told them to be quiet. We began to drift off into sleep and the dogs would not shut up. Somehow I was able to go to sleep for a few hours. Then I woke up very late in the night. It was very quiet and still in the house, save for my brother's snoring and breathing. I realised I needed to use the outhouse and woke up my brother to take me there. He teased me about being scared, which I certainly was. We went out with our flashlight to the outhouse. The dogs began with their crazed barking out in the sagebrush, going from one place to the next. My brother went first and I waited outside for him. While waiting, I tried to follow the dogs with my flashlight. Suddenly there was a very loud whine from one of the dogs and then everything went quiet again. It was really too quiet for that time of year. Not even the sheep were making noise. Suddenly I heard a few of the dogs going completely mad by the truck. And when I looked over, there was this man. He was unbelievably tall, leaning one arm on the cab roof of the truck. He was looking at the dogs for a little and then suddenly kicking one of them. They all scattered in different directions. The thing looked up at me and I saw its face. It had a pure white face like a full moon, two burning red eyes and a slight smile that was pure black. I could not move or make a sound. It began to walk towards me with long strides until it finally towered over me. All I began to see was a dark red, like the colour of the blood when you cut the throat of a sheep. I kept getting deeper and deeper into its eyes. I could faintly hear my brother coming out of the outhouse. With this, the thing looked up at him. Reality came rushing back to me. I noticed that my brother was too distracted with his buckle to realise what was going on. I also noticed this thing's long hands hovering just inches from my head. Its skin was black ash, and it smelled like a bloated dead animal in the summer. I was unable to move or speak. The skinwalker began to move towards my brother. Finally noticing this figure, my brother became paralysed like I was. Closer and closer it drew, reaching an arm out towards my brother's head. Something finally snapped in me, and I became unbearably angry. I broke from the trance and lunged at the skinwalker, raising my arms like a wild animal and baring my teeth at it. A growl came out that I never knew I could make. I became more and more angrier at the thing that was trying to hurt us. It kept that smile at first, but the angrier I got, the more the smile faded. Finally, with everything I had, I began to make this primal roar at it. It fell backwards and ran away into the night. Looking back at me, its eyes were dim and dull, its smile now long since gone. The next morning, the family returned home from the feast. After relaying the story to my parents, they quickly hired a medicine man. So it would seem that as well as bullets coated in ash, showing no fear is a way to overcome the skinwalker. And our final story today comes from the Redditor, Lysha Ninja. We live in a rural community on the Navajo Reservation. My aunt and her two brothers were home alone while my grandparents had left for the evening to attend a chapter house meeting. 
They were in the house and like many people from the reservation, they didn't have electricity. It had been dark outside for about an hour and my aunt and uncles were getting ready for bed. Outside they heard noises, as if someone was moving things around outside. My eldest uncle went to look out the front window and saw a figure out by the truck. This was immensely out of the ordinary, because the closest neighbour was miles away. Whatever it was opened the truck door and began to dig through the personal items that my family had left in the vehicle. My aunt and uncles were frightened by the sight and knew they should take action. They took out the rifle and all steadied themselves to hold it up. They flung open the door and aimed the gun at the dark figure. The figure turned and started to walk towards them totally unfazed by the weapon. My uncle pulled the trigger but nothing happened. The figure drew closer and my aunt began to smell something like a rotting corpse. It was so strong that it made her gag. My uncle continued to pull the trigger with no luck and the figure came closer and closer. Off in the distance headlights were coming up the road. My grandparents were returning. The figure looked towards the lights and started to move away and tucked itself behind a tree near the house. My eldest uncle ran toward the truck with the gun. My grandfather got out of the car and my uncle pointed to the tree. The thing was poking out its head to observe what they were doing. My grandfather ran into the house and over to the stove and grabbed a handful of ashes and rubbed it over the gun and placed an ash-covered bullet in the chamber. He walked out onto the porch and fired towards the tree. Whatever that thing was didn't expect the gun to go off. The gunshot echoed and the dark figure began running. My grandmother chased my aunt inside and my uncles and my grandfather went after it. There weren't many roads or paths, so as my grandfather and uncles chased after the figure, the truck was bouncing and the headlights were not fixed on one particular spot. My uncle swears that whenever the headlights would hit the figure, he saw a woman. Not only that, whoever this woman was, she was running on all fours like a bear. My grandfather eventually stopped the truck, and as they neared the ditch that drops about 20 feet, he got out and began to yell in Navajo. My uncle said that he was yelling about a local woman. He yelled that he wasn't scared and he knew it was her and to leave his family alone. A few days passed and there was news that the woman that my grandfather was yelling about had died. I've always been told that if you know who the skinwalker is, say their name and it will kill them. And that is our last Skinwalker story for today. They're so creepy. The stories are so creepy. But Aren't they just so horrific? I just found them so fascinating. Um, particularly that last one, the last couple where it talked about how you how you deal with them, about not showing any fear. Yeah. Um, and naming them and the power of what a name is, which is just very similar to Exorcist. Yeah, it's, you need to find the name of the demon. Yeah. and In order to be able to get rid of it. It's Again, it's that transcendent thing where it's like, Actually, if you know who someone is, there's less fear sometimes, you know what I mean? And that's part of the power of the name. Um, you're showing them you know who you are, you can't trick me anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's building up that courage. And actually, the, 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 there's this, it's almost biblical as well. And obviously, it's not the same thing in this idea that you, you draw strength from somewhere else. You show courage in the mm. face of your fear. You rely on this strength, an otherworldly strength. Um, how that got by the... <laughs> Other boy, Navajo Joe, how he overpowered. It was Navajo Joe. Yeah, it? it was. And he overpowered it. What's really interesting about that, that story. Guttural scream and strength he didn't know he had. But that strength came from 
I need to save my brother. And what's really interesting about this as well is the fact that he felt hypnotized by the eyes of the skinwalker, which is also reminiscent of the black eyed kids Mm. that they hypnotize you with their eyes. It's interesting. Isn't that really, isn't it so weird? And I also, I found another short story um, or a short account of a man who was driving his truck during the night and um, he was driving back to the reservation and he saw this little tiny old lady from the reservation like really old on the side of the road and he was like oh my god what is she doing out here so he stopped to like give her a lift back to the reservation and when she turned and looked at him she looked at him really sharply and then let like took off full speed through um the desert and he was like completely obviously he was like fucking noped out of there because tiny old woman suddenly like Olympic sprintering across the desert I would fucking shit myself it's just that there's a element of tricksterism to it as well which is a yeah. new word I've just coined um, tricksterism yeah um, where it's deception isn't it and and how deception is is an, is an evil concept isn't it or a bad negative concept isn't it to deceive mm. someone to be deceptive and they, they trick they take on a different form a familiar form but they're not quite familiar like children yeah do you know um not children in general, but like taking on the film of a child where it's something. Yeah. Again, it's it's a familiar concept, but out. But just slightly not off. in the right context. But I just, I love these stories and I'm not going to try and debunk them. Because I think they're so ingrained. They're a cultural phenomenon. They are so ingrained in Navajo culture. I don't think it's my place to say they're not real. I think that these people have experienced something in these stories like something something has happened to these people like it's the big pale moon faced moon moon faced shape moon moon shaped face Face. that got me as well with the little smile because that smile came across on a few of them that you know in one of them when the man was running alongside the car he was smiling yeah and do you remember in the black eyed kids episode when he's talking about the smile with almost the metallic teeth yes Oh, so what do you think? Are you? I do believe this story. I hundred percent believe it. I feel like there's a knowledge there that we will never comprehend. No, I, I, feel I like agree. They have an understanding just way beyond anything that, that the Western world can can latch onto. I think, and uh, it's fascinating. And a hundred percent believe it. And will not be walking around any deserts in the middle of the night. And if you are like you know, if you are a first person, or if you are a Native American. Or descendant of a Native American tribe or whatever. Can you just let us know like how this impacts your day-to-day life? Like is it sounds like this is a day-to-day thing for Navajo people, not as in like skinwalkers coming to your door, but that skinwalker lore is just a part of their lives and it's just it's just the way it is. And yeah, it's, it's the same as fairy lore in Ireland. Yeah, it? I suppose it is the same as fairy lore in Ireland. Like your government reroutes roads not to break up fairy rings i know yeah so it's so ingrained in your culture as well i read an article this week as well about a guy who has fairies on his land and it was really interesting because he was like ah yeah i deal with them all the time um and he that's just part of his life just just you know the fairy people are just a part of his life it's it's terrifying as well it's really terrifying. i mean it's but i think it's terrifying but it's also like oh god there's a whole world out there that we don't know or understand or can even begin to comprehend Mm. And that's that's scary, but also quite cool. So our reviews this week. We have a review that is entitled Best Bloody Paranormal Podcast Ever. Watch your profanity. 
This has got to be the best podcast I've had the bloody pleasure in finding in a long time. Emma and Dan are so freaking awesome, have me in stitches and have the best content too. I love the mini film reviews in the beginning of the podcast. All up to date with every episode and hanging on every week for the new one. Keep up the good work. From Donna McTaggart. Thank you, Donna. Donna did, was the one who suggested our Black Eyed Kids episode last week. So thank you, Donna. And she is like legit wicked in the super group because she finds the best memes. I don't know where she finds them from. It's incredible. And then our second one comes from a guy called the Fearless Mexican. Okay. My brother turned me in, turned me into this. What did your brother turn you into? My brother turned me in. Full stop. (laughs) My brother turned me into this podcast because of our common obsession with the weird and the occult. We've both had strange encounters with things that go bump in the night. And it is comforting to hear about the experiences from folks around the world. Plus, you get the best bonus of hearing two awesome accents and the bickering that this seems to produce. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send my stories soon love mitch ah mitch is a patreon subscriber thank you mitch you absolute beauty if you enjoyed this week's episode and you think hey i want to learn more about skinwalkers then i absolutely suggest that you go and research as much skinwalker stuff as possible honestly it is so fascinating and equally pop on over to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where we are going to be discussing the crazy crazy fucking story of skinwalker ranch and if you know the story you're gonna love it and if you don't know the story it's gonna blow your mind skinwalker ranch interestingly is on a cursed navajo ground navajo people will not set foot on it mm, for, for yeah because like they the die a lot fast yeah die at love not, yeah but that's not navajo but it's another first person yeah yeah so sign up to our patreon and for five dollars a month you get four extra episodes a month at least because there are tiny tales but also there is the 50p movie club which is dan and gorgeous will who you guys absolutely adored uh talking about movies that are ridiculous and taking the piss out of them uh, is... yeah we will one day we'll watch a good movie but um one day we've just but recorded then... another episode which you guys chose the movie of without seeing what it was oh that's exciting um and it was on par with madness so far so oh brilliant look forward to you guys being able to hear that and if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that. I am on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, and Dan is on Instagram at 50p Movie Club with the five zero. And I am also on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod, and we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Please give it a like and a little review if you'd like. And also, we have a super secret, super, super secret, super secret, super secret facebook group called rlgs supergroup where there are amazing people who honestly like make me laugh and make me think on a daily basis which is quite a cool thing to have where people talk about the episodes or they share stories from around the world or they share memes the memes are my favorite um and that's a really great place to be and it also is a place where i can ask you guys questions about what you like and what you don't like about the podcast which is great and finally if you've got a story that you want to tell us we've got such a backlog of stories so that means next week is going to be a listener's episode oh so you're not saving it for episode 30 then 
Next week is episode 13. Oh my gosh. See, this is what happens when you stop me from counting. Oh, I see. You just forget. So we're going to be doing a listener's episode next week, but we're also going to be doing a bonus episode of your questions and answers like we did for episode 20. So if you're a new listener, now is the time to ask your burning questions to us and they can be podcast related or not. So I'll be putting that up on Instagram and also up on our Patreon. So you can send your stories to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. And they will be read out on an episode eventually, but it'll take me a while to get to them because, my God, they are coming in thick and fast. I cannot keep up. And on that note, anything else you'd like to add? No. I, this is not a visual yeah, thing. Nobody can see you. I'm just trying not to go. Dan just shook his head without saying anything. We shall see you next week. One another.